2: Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're all safe and healthy and uh, social distancing and plodding along as we try to get through this madness. Um, Good podcast, really good podcast today with Andrew Perloff from The Dan Patrick Show, one of the Danettes. He shares his story about testing positive for corona antibodies and what he went through in terms of... uh, some health issues there and, and his, uh, experience with that. So it's not all Corona though. Once we, we get past that with Andrew at the top, then we get into some fun stuff about, um, the Dan Patrick show and, and their great booking and, and dance philosophy for, for interviews. And we talked about the last dance, Michael Jordan, uh, Andrew, who's known for some great hot takes, gave us uh, a few of those and, uh, covered a lot of fun stuff as well. So, um, And I should mention, too, we also talked about sort of the mental health issues uh, at the top of the podcast when we talked about Andrew um, testing positive for the antibodies. So we covered everything here, wide range of things. It's a really good interview with uh, Mr. Perloff. And I should also tell you that if you have missed any recent episodes of the SI Media podcast in the archives last week, Peter Schrager from Good Morning Football and Fox Sports was on two weeks ago. Ian Eagle three weeks ago. Chris Long four weeks ago. Michael Imperioli, and Steve Schrippa from The Sopranos. So if you missed any of those, go into the archives, subscribe, rate, and review. All right, let's get to this week's episode with Andrew Perla from The Dan Patrick Show. All right, joining me now, longtime friend, former SI colleague, and one of the Danettes from The Dan Patrick Show, which can be heard on Fox Sports Radio and seen on YouTube, always comes with the takes, Andrew Perla. Andrew, how's it going?
3: It's great, Jimmy. How are you doing?
2: I'm hanging in there. I, you know, listen, I'm healthy and, well, I'm not healthy, but I'm healthy <laughs> in terms of corona. And uh, and uh, I'm still working, so it's hard to be one of those. You know, it's hard to complain when you have those two things going for you. I mean, listen. Off the air, if you want to call me, I'll I'll keep going for about three <laughs> hours with complaints. But no one listening to this wants to hear that.
3: Well, I'll give you credit. You know, you tweeted about mental health. Uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. a big thing right now. <laughs> like, I got to be honest. Like, friends I, of know, ours have been dealing with it. It's like <laughs> we got to lean on each other for this. It's not a time to be shy about the fact that this is stressful. as all get out.
2: It's very, very true. And you know, when this first started in early March, I, I said to a lot of people I know um, that. People are not going to be able to stay cooped up for months and months and months without it affecting them in some way, even the most mentally healthy people. Um, I know it's a weird thing that I really don't want to get into, but maybe another time, but it does seem like too, like there's a lot of people in this industry who sort of have similar issues with the anxiety. I'm, I'm amazed how many people I've seen from our business talk about it. Um, So it's fear, you
3: know, it's like, yeah, I mean, well, I think like didn't like sort of Kevin Love and some other athletes Mm -hmm. talking about depression sort of open it up. And it's not like there's no like and, you know, it's not less manly to talk about that like the way it used to be probably, you know, like you said, like, yeah, we don't have to get into it. But I think I think it's probably a good thing that people especially kind of led by athletes who are like supposed to be the most macho of the macho are admitted like, dude, sometimes, you know, things are too much. Uh, And I agree, everyone, so many people in our industry are so scared, not just for their health, but also our our jobs, you know, we're under attack, you know.
2: Well, I think that's that's why, you know, if anyone feels any shame having some anxiety or depression or anything like that with what's going on now, I mean, please, God, don't, because (laughs) this is a situation where you are worried about your health, you're worried about your income, you're worried about your kids, you're worried about your parents, you're worried about what this country is going to look like in six months. You're worried about, you know, I mean, I saw my parents uh, last weekend for Mother's Day. First time I saw them since the first week of March. And, you know, there's people who are used to seeing their parents on a, you know, weekly basis almost. Um, You know, think about kids. I mean, you have kids like not seeing their friends, not going to school. I mean, it's this is the one where um, if you're gonna have some issues, this is this is <laughs> gonna be the time. There's no doubt about it.
3: But my parent that's a, one of our biggest issues is I want to see my parents and my in-laws, they're in their 70s. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's a big risk. They're in Boston and Philadelphia. You know, I, I don't know if we're gonna get into it, but I tested positive mm-hmm. for antibodies. I had it back in March. So I want I want that to be like proven mm-hmm. to make me safe. But my doctor's like, well, I can't tell you that. You know, so that doesn't mean it's safe to visit your 75 year old. Well, that's the other dad. issue.
2: I mean, yeah. then, right. You know, you it feels like if you get into this conversation with the wrong people, it ends up becoming political. And um, I, I think for me, if forget the politics of it, if you just have a brain, I don't see how you can't see that the main issue with this is that nobody knows anything.
3: Oh, no, It. my doctor is really good. And he's like, listen, I'd like to tell you, I'd like to tell you facts about this, but the disease is presenting itself differently in everybody, you know, Mm. so Mm. symptoms are different. They're across the board. Uh, You know, I was in a little bit of a message board with uh, people who had it and were having some tough symptoms and everybody has different things and the duration is different. They haven't had enough time to study what the effects are, what the immunity is. So it's that's you know I think that adds to the fear too like we don't know yeah, Just exactly like, you know yeah. so you know it doesn't and also it also doesn't matter how rich you are how successful you are it doesn't matter if you're LeBron James or if you're anybody like you do not know where this thing is going so we're all kind of in the same boat with that
2: exactly perfectly said and and that's it's there's nothing that if if you have an issue with anxiety there's nothing that will give it to you more than the unknown and we yeah. are in the complete unknown um if you don't mind take me through like your experience yeah. so when did you get the antibody test did you at all at any point not feel well what, give me sort of what your experience was like yeah
3: and like you said this is just speaking of my experience it doesn't mean anything to anyone else right. or prove anything but uh so r- mid march uh, around march 16th i have what I thought was felt like a chest cold or like a congestion in my chest that developed into like a like a shortness of breath, like a wheezing, like asthma, mm-hmm. and it lasted about six days and never got really scary. I called my doctor. He's like, "No, trust me, do not come into the office, do not come in the yard." ER. Remember, in March, like the last place you wanted to go was the doctor's office because right. you, you know if you didn't have it, you were probably going to get it there. So he uh, he was closed, as a matter of fact, too. I see a guy in Soho, New York, and. Uh, so I thought that was sort of, you know, I thought, okay, I might have it. I might not. It might be anxiety. It might be a cold. It might be anything. Then um, what happened was, and I'll, I'll share this just in case I was listening. They had the same symptom. I had a swollen lymph node underneath my ear that popped out. Like, um, oh my God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was totally freaked me out. Were
2: you able to see it in the mirror?
3: Oh, you, you couldn't miss it. Yeah, yeah. It was wow. like, and uh, once you Google that, good things are not on there. <laughs> Google. Right, right, right. Yeah, but it turns out they're pretty common. Usually means your body's fighting an infection. So I said to myself, oh, okay, that might mean that, that that shortness of breath was possibly the coronavirus and mm-hmm. that's an infection I was fighting. So because of that, it didn't go away for weeks. I went into my, finally my doctor's office opened. I went in and showed it to him. Thought it could have been mono. I thought it could have been strap. I thought it could have been coronavirus. I didn't really know for sure. And he gave me this is at the end of closer to the end of April, to be honest. He gave me a coronavirus test and the antibody test at the same time. A little bit, um, a little bit before most people had gotten the antibody test. And he's like, "Listen, these tests are not a hundred percent, but this is the best one on the market for you for the antibody test." I anyway, it turns out I tested negative for coronavirus, which made sense because it had been like. Four and a half weeks since I had first had symptoms. And then I tested, um, Positive for antibodies. The one thing that, mm-hmm. like, I had like a sore throat and exhaustion for like three weeks, like crazy exhaustion, no. which kind of so stunk. Because you, knew, uh, by the way, I couldn't tweet much during draft season, and you know that's my favorite time to stir stuff up with hot takes, and I, I couldn't do anything.
2: <laughs> why couldn't you tweet? I would think if you have a sore throat, tweeting yeah. would be perfect for you.
3: Well, yeah, yeah, no, I had about six hours of energy a day that I dedicated wow. to the Dan Patrick show, and Dan was right. really, you know, I was remote and I wasn't near anyone. Um, mm-hmm. I had like I was pretty good most of the day, but then I got like real tired. Like after the show, I I kind of used all my energy on the DP show. So and the,
2: when you were going through yeah. that, when you only had like six hours of energy a day and yeah. all that, were you thinking in your head I have coronavirus, or did you not think you had it?
3: So this is funny. This is I thought I had it and recovered. I thought I was recovered, and mm-hmm. then then the 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 lymph node thing happened and. Then the sort of feeling of – I had mono in college, kind of bragging that right. I kissed a lot of girls in college, no big thing. But uh yeah. I'm going to let it
2: fly because I want to stick to the corona. Yeah. I'll let um, you get away with that one.
3: Uh, so, uh, it felt like mono, like I was just like yeah. weird tired. Um, and also too, I had a sore throat and my ears hurt, which is not as a typical, it's not listed as one of the symptoms. Um, right. so I didn't really know. No, I actually, to be honest, Jimmy, I wasn't perfectly sure what it was. And I, I didn't, That's- I didn't want to say, I didn't want to jump to a conclusion that wasn't accurate.
2: Now, if you don't want to answer this, yeah, just tell me to go F myself. Well, If you don't mind though, so you have your wife, you have your kids, what was their health situation? Because I think one of the craziest things about this whole thing for me is that you'll hear about a husband has it, the wife is fine. The wife has it, the husband's fine. The mother and father have it, the kids don't have it. I I know a situation where mother, father, son had it, but the daughter didn't in the same house. So uh, that again, going back to nobody knows anything.
3: Yeah. Uh, So uh, I will get into it many. My wife struggled mm-hmm. with it. She, uh, mm-hmm. she came down with it in March and that's why we knew it was in our household because she, so she tested,
2: did she test positive she, for the it antibody? Was March
3: 20th. There was no test. Um, right. she hasn't got her antibody back yet, but, uh, um, okay. yeah, uh, she hasn't gone in to see a doctor, but she recovered, but she, yeah. uh, there were times where we we're like, okay, what do we do? Do we have to go to the hospital now? Um, you know the one thing that my our doctor told us that i would is just get an oxymeter do you know what that is it's an oxy I don't. Uh, it's an mm-hmm. oxygen reader that you like you you can actually put around your finger to give you an idea if you're having trouble getting oxygen it's not perfectly mm-hmm. accurate but uh she was having shortness of breath so doctors helped her with it they were great uh virtual visits like online uh okay. awesome and that was like that was a lifesaver because that helped you deal with the unknown of it and we were you know we're, we consider ourselves lucky that our health Insurance provided that. And um, right. we were through Wheel Cornell. She was through Wheel Cornell Hospital in New York, which is awesome. Um, mm. And, you know, they talked her through it. And it wasn't – it's funny because, you know, the doctor's like, well, that's not a serious case. And it felt pretty serious to us. But, right. it, it, you know, it's such a serious disease. I know a lot – you know, I'm in downtown Brooklyn right by the bridge. We know a lot of people have had to go into the – get treated. And it's a really – you know, it's a really nasty – Disease. <laughs> From what I'm hearing, you know, for me, uh, it was like pretty. It wasn't like that, but uh, man, it is. There are some tough stories in my neighborhood.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the worst, at, how scared were you when you like when you and your wife were both sick? Yeah, were you more concerned about like oh, let's just get better, and you know, or were you scared?
3: Okay, it was. Early, it was pretty early on, and thank God I had not read enough to be terrified. I mm. was, there was a certain naivete, this, yeah. right, like, picture a couple days after the Big East tournament cut off the game at halftime. Like, right. we did not know, I didn't know that people were going to bed and waking up, not being able to breathe, you know? Right. I didn't know all that. <laughs> so, uh, fortunately for me, it wasn't like, they panicked and set in, um, because I was a little bit ignorant of how severe it could get, especially with me, like I, I never felt it's it's weird. I never felt like it was spiraling out of control. Um, yeah, and no, I was never really scared like that. You know what changed That's it for good. me? What's that Tony Baselli came on the Dan Patrick show, and right? Described <laughs> what happened to him, and mm-hmm. then the fear crept in. I honestly,
2: well, he, had, he had a really really serious case. Yeah, he, Fred,
3: he, he's, he's a former, you know, probably in great. I think he's in good shape now. He's forty seven. And he said, like, he got, he told Dan, he went into the ER and they were like, we don't know which way this is going to go. And I was like, that is a, that's a huge, unbelievable athlete. If that can happen to him, man, this can happen to anyone. Um, Well,
2: yeah. Well, that's what I don't get about the whole, you know, this only happens to old people crowd. Like, if you're a sports fan, do you forget about the fact that this all started with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell?
3: Uh, Rudy Gobert is the watermark uh, yeah. he is my friends when we talk about like to figure out you can't remember what day is what but you describe where you were when Rudy Gobert got tested positive right. it's like you like oh yeah that happened a few days after Rudy Gobert so he's like the Tommy John of this like Tommy John surgery he's famous for the surgery Rudy <laughs> Gobert forget his playing career no one's right. ever going to remember his playing career right. they're going to remember he right. was the guy who tested positive so
2: right.
3: that was That's incredible funny.
2: So um, did you miss any Dan Patrick shows? Uh, there was
3: two days. No, technically no. But I was wow. I was remote way before the other guys. So, and I was only, the first week I was only partially contributing uh, <laughs> in large part because I couldn't figure out my studio equipment. <laughs> so Dan only had me pop in a couple times. Yeah. Um, and like, I wasn't, again, like I was, as I understand it, and like, I can't, guarantee a hundred percent that I did even have it. But as I understand it, I had a mild case, so it wasn't like, it wasn't impossible to do my work, especially remotely. Um, right. if I'd had to drive, you know, I have to drive an hour and a half up to Connecticut. That would have been a killer. But, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, then, uh, so for me, it wasn't too bad. And, and that first week, Dan was pretty, pretty, uh, helpful to sort of help me get through it. Yeah.
2: Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. And it's pretty, pretty, pretty awesome that you didn't miss any shows. Um, it's funny because you're talking about like the remote setup i think i think it was kyle brandt from good morning football who we both like immensely who said something like um he said recently, like, he's half his life is spent saying, Can you hear me? Can you see me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: I love what he, I think it was, yeah. it, it might have been him and Peter that uh, evaluated or like did a, a ranking of home setups. That was right. hysterical. I mean, it's yeah. funny, it was early on before everybody was noticing that Kyle like went through everybody right. at NFL Network setup. It was beautiful.
2: We're so used to it now, too, because before we started taping, we we were talking through the computer and then Andrew dropped out. His, he heard yeah. me. I didn't hear him. <laughs> he had to call me on the phone. I have the headphones in one ear, the phone on the other. And oh. how, how is how is all that? I mean, you're doing you're doing a massive, enormously popular, like top of the line radio show on a daily basis. How's the tech stuff with all that? Well,
3: great! They actually they sent me a gigantic box of equipment. <laughs> it took three yeah. days to, for me to plug it in. So the key is, and I'll, anyone out there working for them, the key is to hardwire into your modem. That changed everything for me because what happens here is like I have two kids. They they sign on to Zoom for school. Like eight people are on Zoom in the house. <laughs> so we have one, one guy on the show, Jimmy. You know, Fritzy. Fritzy's yeah. still like his kids. He's got two kids at high school. And they'll be doing something on YouTube, and Fritzy will still freeze at like eleven forty seven every morning (laughs) we all like we all laugh so hard yeah
2: that is so you know my guy howard stern has been doing his show from his basement in the hamptons and he has to end this show every day at 10 o'clock because he says when his neighbors wake up at 10 and start using the internet (laughs) it's connected (laughs) it goes off so that's the really most successful
3: funny. radio person of all time right that's amazing. supposedly
2: they don't supposedly they don't have fiber optics in the hamptons and that's like a big problem out there so
3: oh so he's in the hamptons that's great yeah so like it's did, like nine you know yeah. it's like
2: 9 50 and he's like panicking with robin that he's got in the show because the neighbors are going to wake up use the internet and kick him offline basically did he do tom brady from that from there yeah he's been <laughs> there the whole time well, I mean, he's amazing. basically said he'll never step foot in New York City again. So,
3: do you think? Can I ask you a question? Do you uh, think New yeah. York City is going to be kind of cursed from now on? Are people going to be less likely to go here? Because I'm, I'm, hearing that nationally on a national show. I hear a lot. They view us much differently. Where I'm right in the middle of it, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess that could veer into an uncomfortable a, political area. But
2: no, I mean, listen, it's a good question. I mean, you know, I used to. When we, when the SI offices were in Midtown, I would walk every day from Penn Station to Midtown and just curse it and dread it (laughs) and think about how much I hate Times Square and hate Midtown Manhattan. And as I was doing that, I would, in the back of my head, I'd be like, you know, it's funny though, because this is considered like the center of the world. Everyone wants to come here, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, listen, I think travel everywhere is, you know, I had a big disco. I was on a zoom with a bunch of friends recently. And like, we're talking about like, if we'd ever go to Vegas again, or, you know, the- have you seen the setup for Vegas at the, t- like at the poker yeah. tables with the, with the, um, it's not glass, it's probably plexiglass. And I don't, like- don't want to play blackjack <laughs> that way. What's the point? Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel, but other people are like, you know, let's go and, you know, they're ready to do anything. So I don't know. I think, you know. Your personality is, you know, if you're someone who's usually fine with staying home, then, you know, you can sort of roll with the punches with the, you know, but if you're someone who likes to go to games every week and like, you know, I, I see these things on TV, I'll see like a game, you know, they play these old games and you see someone get like a walk-off hit in the seventh, in the ninth inning and everyone in the crowd is hugging each other and high-fiving each (laughs) other. I mean... You see that now and you just – I think about concerts I've been to where we're all packed in and like, oh, my God.
3: Yeah. Those – it seems like without a vaccine, those are going to be really tough to get going. But you're right. I would notice like – it's something as simple as two guys shaking hands like on a TV show. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty bold of those guys. What are they doing? My
2: my dad's birthday last week was – my dad's birthday was last week. And we did like, you know, we went there, stayed far away from him, gave him a cake. And like, he's blown out the candle. I'm like, oh, I'm not touching a piece of that cake. <laughs> I know. I know. Droplets yeah. everywhere. By the way, and that also makes you think of like, how many gross things have we done <laughs> through the year? Oh my God. It's just, it's really, it's, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. Hopefully, I mean, listen, the goal is like, let's get back to that world, but who knows what's going to happen? Uh, uh, let's talk about this. Go ahead. Go ahead.
3: I'm fine with sports without fans, by the way, to start.
2: Uh, yeah, like give me anything. I mean, if, if my choice is a Yankee game on the Yes Network tonight with no fans in the stands or nothing, I mean, how do you how do you not opt for no fans in the stands?
3: Yeah, yeah. I had a, <laughs> so I, I mentioned I texted you that I was into the NASCAR this weekend, which is right. not always the case because I, I had a buddy who's a degenerate just like you who had a big bet going. Who's going to win Kenseth? Who finishes higher, Kenseth or Logano? That gave me plenty of reason to watch. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm in. So if you if you gamble, I, then you're fine.
2: No, well, that's the problem too. The, I mean, the degenerates are just having a <laughs> hard time without anything to bet on. I mean, did the, you go uh, to the Bundesliga this weekend? Did you throw some down uh, on Bayern Munich? I've I've come a long way. I, I really only bet on the NFL and college football. So this is my off season normally, anyway. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm I'm hanging. I haven't watched Bundesliga or <laughs> <a> NASCAR. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else is you know golf, South it's, Korean you know, baseball. Yeah, no, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet for me. <laughs> you get um, golf with such disdain. <laughs> like you're not going to watch. No, no you like No, because tired. I was No, because here's the thing. So like on the weekends especially, I I try to check out of Twitter. I'll go on there throw up a plug for the podcast and then I try not to check it because it just is not worth it on a weekend, especially if it's nice out. And you know, but sometimes like you're waiting on curbside pickup or you're You know, you're in the bathroom and you're scrolling through. And I saw these tweets about like a golf thing. And I texted someone. I'm like, is there a golf tournament this weekend? (laughs) Like where? He's like, well, it's in Florida. He goes, and it's a, it was a, like what? One on one, like a, 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 yeah, there was like only five people in it or something. I'm like, "Oh, oh, oh, I thought it was like a real thing. And it wasn't. So that's why I say golf because it, it it golf really hasn't come back yet. But I know they're supposed to. That's supposed to be the first sport that comes back, which would make sense because you don't really fans are not a big part of the golf uh, event as a, as with other sports.
3: Yeah, but Tiger, uh, Peyton, Tom yeah, Brady—that's yeah. good this be cool.
2: weekend. That'd be cool. I think. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I know have, if if don't, like well, you said, it's better than nothing. Right. Um, is it better than nothing? I guess it is. I guess it's better than nothing. Like if it if, if they're going to like give us like the dad humor, then it's not going to be better than nothing. If they really go cut, <laughs> If they go cutthroat, then yes, it'll be worth my time.
3: You're right. They're going to be I bet you the the one guy who'll be Phil will try and be really funny, but I don't see like and Peyton, I don't know, Peyton's supposed to be so witty. I'm right. not sure, but I feel like he's wittier right. when someone's writing lines for him. We'll see. This is going to be an interesting have, experiment. Have you guys,
2: has Brady been, ever been on the Dan Patrick show?
3: Not for years because he has an exclusive, I think, with the WEEI in Boston. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. so he hasn't really been able to come on.
2: I wrote a column today about him going on Twitter and Instagram yesterday and pushing these immunity supplements. And I saw that. I don't know if um, you'd want to go there but if you have anything you'd like to comment on it, oh I'll open God. the floor.
3: All I'll say is I agree. and I, I don't
2: want you to like, you know, say something bad about Brady and, you know, the, and, um, you know, you're trying to book him for the Dan Patrick show. You
3: no, know, I mean, I I, wanna... first of all, I'm, a, I'm actually a big Tom Brady fan. I think he's
2: so. Me cool. too. He's my favorite player. To, he's my yeah. favorite player in the NFL when it comes to watching him play football. Uh,
3: you know why I, I like him. You'll appreciate this reason. Uh, he was at a restaurant, Don Banks, our old friend, um, uh, who unfortunately passed, that's SI, was uh, at a restaurant and Tom Brady saw him walk in. He didn't, and T- Don didn't see him. And Tom brought uh, bought him a very expensive bottle of wine and had it delivered to his table.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, like I yeah. have no doubts that he's a good guy. And I actually interviewed him once in person. He could not have been nicer, yeah. more accommodating, um, was into the interview and wasn't acting like, you know, it was the last thing he wanted to do, even though I'm sure it was. But, I mean, you got to announce you're selling immunity pills in the middle of a pandemic for $45 a bottle and you made $200. I don't don't understand it on any level.
3: I get it. He's competitive. He wants his business to be a huge success, just like Jordan's Air Jordan business was successful. Just like LeBron's had success in business and KD, like, I think it's competitive. I think he wants to prove I can make this company big, TB12. Yeah. All the
2: optics of that to me were were pretty rough. Um, Yeah.
3: I mean, it's also, it's not the first time he sold a questionable product. Um, Right. But yeah, the timing is not, is not good.
2: So you said he was on DP a while ago. Yeah. One of the things I meant to, I meant to say this is I've always said this. I've said this to you privately. I've said it on the podcast. I mean, the booking for the Dan Patrick show is so impressive. You guys get every a-lister, all the good guests all the time. I know you don't do the booking, but give me some insight into like, has it been a little bit? Uh, now for me, it seems like you guys are still getting all the good guests. Has it been a little bit of a more uh, difficult struggle to book so many good guests? Is no. it because it's a weird thing, the booking now, because when you reach out to someone, they can't say, oh, I can't come on. I'm busy. Yeah, no, you're we- not busy. You're home. So the excuses are out the window, But and you guys still always manage to get the A-listers.
3: Yeah, we've had, uh, we've had n- less trouble because they're all home. <laughs> So, right. uh, and you know, uh, the good thing is too you know how this business works. A lot of guys are promoting charities. So there's a mm-hmm. good reason, you know, we need a hook even for the best athletes. Dan wants a hook. He doesn't want to just talk to somebody who for right, no right. reason. So I'll, I'll give, you know, I'm obviously blowing smoke up my boss's, Ass here, but like Dan's reputation gets these guests. Like of they course. all know Dan, yeah. you know. Like, yeah. and also the other thing with Dan, they come on and they know what to expect. Like they know it's a Dan Patrick interview. They've done him before. Like Peyton comes on, and he has he's been telling jokes with Dan. He was on a few weeks ago. Like he's been going back and forth with Dan Patrick for fifteen years, so he get right. he gets it. And uh, so it's just reputation helps, uh, and we've been good. And the big thing is, Jimmy, we've been going to a lot of Zoom interviews, and they're great. Uh, they're yeah. really funny, uh, like you know. It, that's that's been a real game changer. I think we're going to want to stick with that when things return to normal.
2: Uh, I feel like Dan is also good at not putting on the person who's there to just plug something, and not or, or the person even if the, it's not a person who's there to plug something, but just doesn't bring anything to the table. Like mm-hmm. you get a guess on Dan Patrick, they're going to say something.
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You're right. And also, Dan Dan's pretty picky too. Like he'll turn down. A lot of yeah. interviews because he's afraid this guy won't say anything. He doesn't want to right. waste the listener's time. Uh, I have a thing. When I'm listening to the radio, nothing will make me turn the dial faster than a boring athlete interview. Like if it's just yeah. like the you know, the guy promoting Old Spice who's done 15 interviews a day doesn't even want to be there, then forget right. it. Like I'm turning it's a
2: station. tough it's a really tough line sort to, to like pull back the curtain on the industry because you know if you say, let's say I'll say this, I'm not this is not Andrew, so come after me if you say you have a uh, Rob Gronkowski on the podcast, like that's as big a name as it gets in the NFL Every you know, but when he does an interview, he's horrific. He doesn't say anything, but then you can get someone who's maybe, you know, a lesser tier athlete who is tremendous, but people don't love the name. Not that they don't, yeah. you know, it's not as big a name, so they don't click or listen. And it's, you know, you're playing a tough game there.
3: Oh, absolutely. You uh, you know, it's a, It is definitely a balance, but I, I think if, given that information, if Dan knew that in advance, he'd be like, "I don't want the big name." Because he's he not like really like. He doesn't really need. He right. didn't feel like he needs to prove anything, so he will not do a big name just for the sake of a big name. Right. Uh,
2: they got to bring something to the table, but
3: they usually do. You know, with with Dan, it's like <sighs> Gronk's an interesting one. They're most most guys. You know, I listen to your podcast. Most guys are pretty good, pretty fun with you. You know, they come on. You know, like I I like my Mount Olympus is like I think like Chris Long is the best. Like those kind of guys are yeah. like the rare yeah. breeds. I mean, for us, Charles yeah. Barkley is the, the best of the best. And you know, like those guys are home runs. Not everyone's gonna be like that, but a lot of former players, we we know at this point. Like Dan interviewed them when they were playing, so we know. Then there's the guy who's who usually says nothing, Russell Wilson, who has just mm-hmm. enough history with the show that'll give you actually one interesting minute. In addition to five minutes of quarterback talk, so yeah, the history of the show helps us there. Have you ever had like a Russell Wilson? Mm-hmm. Like I can't imagine you enjoying him with it for the media podcast.
2: The show, I, so I perfect. don't think I've, yeah, I've never interviewed him, and um, I don't know. I, he doesn't seem like a guy who would say much, so.
3: No, I mean, he could be, he's actually unbelievably nice, but you're right. Like, guys take different approaches. Some quarterbacks are like, I'm not giving you anything. Romo never gave you, Tony Romo never gave us anything during his play Mm -hmm. years. And now he's like the best broadcaster in the business. It's totally a complete 180.
2: And then the other side of the coin, too, is if someone does say stuff and give you stuff, then they get destroyed and then they have to be quiet. You know, like a Baker Mayfield who has a personality is probably going to be a little more buttoned up now given. You know, his mouth has gotten him in trouble a couple of times.
3: Absolutely, like early on yeah. during the quarantine, like NBA guys would come on and say one little thing, and since there was no sports going on, it get blown into high heavens as a huge headline. <laughs> right. So then all the yeah. NBA guys are like, "I'm not doing these interviews. I'm gonna <laughs> take <laughs> everything <laughs> I say." I like, um, I think, like you know, like CJ McCollum or something, who's unbelievable, said something, like yeah. it became like a the second link on ESPN.com or whatever, and I was like, oh, yeah. I don't think he meant that.
0: <laughs>
2: I know you're a huge, huge NBA guy. Let me ask you. To I'll ask you about the last dance, but let me ask you. Let me also ask you this. I I went on Twitter and said this a few weeks ago, and of course the assholes had to come after me because there's no nuance and anything like that on Twitter. But if the NBA came back, they're not going to come back and play a full season. It's going to be some sort of truncated season, and who knows what. no matter what happens with the NBA, if they return, it's not going to be a regular season. So I'm of the belief that whoever wins the NBA title this year, it's an asterisk. It's not a real season. What do you think?
3: I, I, I totally understand. I lean more towards, I'm going to give it like a strike shortened season, like 81 in baseball, 99 in NBA. Right. But this
2: isn't that because there's going to be no fans in the stands. There's going to be, you know, they're, they're tinkering already with maybe what they do with play. I mean, how many playoff teams and round robins and, this and that. if you're if you're changing the way any normal season goes then to me it's not a real season what if you had a play in say you had five more
3: regular season games or you had a play-in with like the 10th through the sixth seed to get in the playoffs and then you had a full playoffs like what's the difference? what does the last 20 games of the nba season mean they mean nothing so
2: because it doesn't play out in terms of it doesn't play out the way it's supposed to play out because there could be injuries in those final 20 yeah. games. There could be anything can happen in those final 20 games. Now you take them out of the mix. So it's not to me a real season, but That that's, that's me. I know I, you know, I could be wrong on that. What, what was your overall, see, I like talking, I love talking to people who aren't affiliated with ESPN because <laughs> then it's not just like, Oh my God, I watched the last dance and had an orgasm and fainted. And it was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. What was your overall take on the last dance? So I... It's funny.
3: I came in super skeptical. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna. They're shoving this thing down our throat. I'm like, it's such 90s nostalgia. Blah blah blah. Then I'm sitting there, like, just glued to my TV. I'm like, thank God this is all
2: because I have nothing to watch right now. But it's so funny because the first thing you mentioned is 90s nostalgia. And to me, the best part of that was seeing all the stuff from the 80s yeah. and 90s.
3: Yeah, no, it was. That's what. It, no, I thought I didn't want 90s nostalgia. Then I couldn't <laughs> get enough of it. I'm like, look yeah. at those outfits. Look at the size of Michael Jordan's suit. It's gigantic. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like we we remembered all those guys in the media. Like, uh, you know, there'd be like David Aldridge and like Peter Vesey. I mm-hmm. was a huge NBA guy back in the '90s too. I would read Peter Vesey in the Post. I thought it was the best column ever. Oh yeah, and uh, so yeah, that would that was awesome. I loved yeah. all that. I yeah, I, I liked all the little stuff in the documentary, and I'm. I'm a pretty obviously like you. Are are you a big Jordan? Oh no, you're a Knicks fan, aren't you? I'm a huge Jordan I am. fan. I'm a huge Jordan fan. So
2: did I, did I, your opinion of Jordan change on anything or in any way, or did you learn anything new?
3: Well, you know, no. I mean, I didn't really learn anything new. My opinion didn't change. I mean, I think he's the greatest player ever. Not exactly a hot take. I I've, I
2: agree. I, I mean, did. I do
3: think, and we had the director Jason Herr on a bunch of times. He's been on, he's visited the studio before. He's a friend of the show and he did a great job, but I don't think it was like a hard hitting documentary at all. Like, Ken no, Eric, of course, you know, I do think like, I don't believe Jordan. I don't believe what he said about the pizza and the flu game. I don't believe mm-hmm. a lot of stuff he said. He's like, I went down okay. to, I don't even really believe his excuse on the, he's like the Atlantic city thing. And during the Knicks series, was no big deal. Like I've heard, you know, we all know that guy. Like, oh yeah, it was no big deal. Get out of here! You in the middle of a playoff series. You went to AC. Who knows what you were doing? I, I I came away not believing him. I'll tell you that much.
2: I had a conversation with someone last night about what what is what is less believable. Five guys delivered a pizza to Jordan, <laughs> and he was the only one who ate it. Or Trump is taking hydroxychloroquine. I mean, I don't know which one is more absurd. Um, the the Jordan. The one thing I, the, the, I enjoyed the last dance thoroughly, I thought it was great. I, I love looking back. I, I wrote yesterday, I think there were so like the best parts to me had nothing to do with Jordan. I mean, the one this week where they show Larry Bird basically looking like he's at a funeral when Reggie Miller hits a three pointer <laughs> to give his team a lead with point four seconds left <laughs> was one of the great scenes I've, in sports history because he knew Jordan was going to have the ball back in his hands. That so was he cool. didn't even flinch.
3: And I love when that that it had the footage of him coming back and cursing out Jordan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right yeah. yeah. That, those relationships were amazing. You
2: know? And I, yeah. I, I still can't believe Pippen said he wouldn't have gone back in the game. I, I mean, that's just <laughs> surreal.
3: That's a bad week for Pippen. Although it did remind you, man, he would dunk on guys' heads. I was like, whoa. I had forgotten oh, yeah. how good a player he was. Uh, yeah, I love that. I do think Isaiah Thomas got screwed over a little bit because he, I thought he was a great player. You know when I came up, like I think he, you know, and then ESPN put out an NBA list where he was thirty-two behind like Giannis and John Stockton. Like I thought Isaiah was a little underrated in that one. I thought he was a pretty great player. Right? Do you I think, do, do you think he's good? I mean, are you an Isaiah guy or give you? Well, t- no. I mean, uh, he's a you
2: know, top three point guard of all time. I, mean, okay. I don't, I don't see how you can dispute that. Yeah, but he got. And I do think
3: got killed in that documentary.
2: Well, the the handshake thing, and I don't know. Yeah, the Isaiah stuff wasn't as interesting to me as maybe some of the other things. Uh,
3: oh, I love the whole thing. And by the way, like yeah. you know that you know it's a copycat industry. There is going to be seven hundred documentaries in the next, you know, two years. Basically. Well, you know,
2: it's, yeah. oh, let me ask you this. So Tony Rialli put this out on Twitter yesterday, saying like, you know, who can be the subject of a sports doc that would you know, come close to this sort of level. And he mentioned the one person who would be my answer, because I've said it before. Do you have a, an answer to that question?
3: Ooh. Um, well, I have a couple. Uh, I said them today on the show. Uh, do a documentary just on LeBron's decision in whatever year that was. Just, mm-hmm. just that. And right. Magic. Staying at HIV, although there might have been a documentary on that already. I don't even know. And then and everyone, did said, a, I
2: think they did a bird magic one. Yeah, I don't know if they did one. Just, I mean, I remember that. Like, it was, I mean, I remember that being in high school and, yeah. and finding out in the afternoon about that. That was wild. Um, and '90s Cowboys. Guy,
3: everyone says '90s Cowboys. Just so get yeah. that
2: out. Of the, way. the guy reality said who would be my choice is a guy that we've that has been a part of our lives since basically, you know we were able to put on a television and probably the guy we know the least about, except other than the fact that he's crazy, Vince McMahon.
3: Oh yeah. Uh, that'd be unbelievable. That's almost too big for a documentary. (laughs) How do you do a doc? And you you have to understand like, I was an 80s WWF freak. Like, I went right. to the Spectrum every month. You know, I'm like this nerdy guy, but I would wear my <laughs> Roddy Piper t shirt and scream my head off at the Spectrum, which, by the way, I, I guess you can't do with social distancing anymore. And I've seen the evolution of Vince McMahon. Like, I've yeah. seen it through the years. I kind of lost track lately, uh, but that would be, it almost feels like 10 parts would not be enough. How would you do right. it? The TXFL? Right. Oh, my God. You're right. I still
2: think the the interview, him and Costas on, on HBO is the oh. greatest thing I've ever seen in my life on television. But he would be a guy, you know, because I remember when HBO did the very successful Andre the Giant doc last year, two years ago with Simmons, I remember I interviewed Simmons. He was promoting the Andre the Giant doc. And we talked about who else could sort of be someone that would make a documentary on that level. And, and I said Vince and he agreed. And, but you know, it's, it, you know, Vince is not a guy who, who might sign up for that, but that, that would be the one. Um, So I, you know, I always, when we worked together, no one throughout, like you were the first hot taker I ever knew. <laughs> I have to say that. And he, I didn't even know what hot takes meant for like a year on Twitter when people would say it. I had no idea. But you were the ultimate and, to me, the first, the trailblazer of the hot take. Yeah, but I didn't get um, skipped. For people, for, <laughs> right, exactly. You, you didn't cap. I mean, what people don't know is that Andrew once told me in the SI office that Ladanian Tomlinson wasn't a good running back because he only ran eight yards and fell down. That's an exact quote. So give me, like, what's the hottest Andrew Perloff take right now? Any uh, sport, anything. What's that? Uh. Do you have, like, a hot uh, – do you have a hot, like – Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Bucks take. Do you have oh, a like the Chiefs know. are going to be four and twelve this year? Take like what's give me a well. I did. Special.
3: <laughs> I did say the other day on Twitter that Magic Johnson was a disappointment because he didn't score enough in his career. And oh people, my t- God,
2: there it is. That is vintage. You actually <laughs> had one recently. I'm going to go through your Twitter feed. You had one recently where you made my head spin. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, you, there, you, there, you.
3: What was it? Oh my God. It was some. The worst is quarterback.
2: the best is when the best is when sometimes you'll actually have a smart take and like I I, I shudder. I'm like, what is this? Do you remember when uh, Richard Dice used to get all
3: mad at my hot takes? <laughs> He'd be like, but you know, like if you don't say hot, like I don't like the conventional takes. Like everybody could do them. I think that it was way too much of. And it, by the way, I was right on some things. Just so we're clear, some. Uh-oh.
2: Who was the quarterback you loved coming out of college? He came to the office. He was throwing oh, the ball over. Chase Keenan? No, no. Wasn't it someone else? Well, um,
3: Chase was throwing the ball around SI's office. That's wait, what I found. Houston.
2: He, I think he played for Houston. Yeah, was
3: Case. He was with Houston. That was Chase? Yeah, he was throwing the ball around. We all fell in love with him. That's how I became a lifelong friend with him. I was just has got
2: to be another. Oh, this is the one here. Where you? I'm going to defend Scottie Pippen for sitting out the last 1.8 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that was. I said I can't even respond to this one.
3: Well, everyone said that uh, LeBron was too passive for years in the final seconds, like you know, like because he wouldn't take the last shot. Well, Scottie made a stand. Like they would have, you know, LeBron didn't. That is. A stand. Yeah, there you go. That is such
2: a great Andrew Perloff take. Right there. <laughs> yeah, come um, on. I'll, t- I'll give you what I thought your best take ever was. I This line still stays. You probably said this line to me maybe, let's see. What, when did you work in the SI office? Do you remember like what years was it? I think it was 04 through uh, right. 10. <laughs> All or, right. So you probably or, said this. Yeah. F- you probably said this line 15 years ago, and it's still in my brain because I think it's it's dead on your best take. We, we both... I still, even at this age, which is kind of sad, I have an affinity for like the high school movies, whether it's like American like high school, like American pie from recent times, yeah. or just one of the guys, if you're old school 80s, um, karate kid, even that. And you had the line, I'll never forget it. You said, if it's got a if yeah. it's got a locker, I'm watching it. It's still true to this day. and <laughs> it's I the think best about, line I've never heard about movies. I think about
3: saying that line all the time too, he's like now yeah. Netflix has like a thousand shows about high school, and i right. will well, I was like, well, my wife's not in the room. I am going to just check this yeah. out.
2: And like we were like, big on like 90210 back in those days, oh, yeah. like all that stuff, you know? And you said, if it's got a high school locker, I'm watching it. Yeah. Best line I've ever heard. There's a new season of Riverdale coming up. <laughs> but, uh, my, my 14-year-old niece is watching those episodes as we speak. So there you go.
3: Oh, the best! But even better than that was our coworker who would watch Gilmore Girls. In the of the day. <laughs> and you know, what was, I'm talking about. yes,
2: it wasn't Gilmore Girls. It was One Tree, One Troop, One Tree, One Tree Hill. Yeah, it? I know.
3: You'd be running around crazy in the middle of the day. Clued <laughs> 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 to One Tree Hill. Oh <laughs> those,
2: were, those were some fun days. Yeah, we all fun can we get the
3: gang back together. I, I guess we can't now. We should do a zero with There's no more, more gangs
2: getting back together. Yeah, we should do a Zoom, though. With a, we can do a Zoom. We can do a Zoom and reminisce. And of course, um,
3: you and I are famous because we both edited Dr. Z, which is like, uh, you know, you would deserve combat pay. We for both me, didn't.
2: it was one of the best experiences of my life. It really was.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he loved you. And he loved me, too. He loved yeah. us. So he never was yet mad at us. But if you yeah. took out the wrong sentence, oh, my God.
2: <sighs> wrong sentence. You just changed a word.
3: Yes, even if it was a right change, like if you moved removed a comma. Looking back on it, Jimmy, I'd have been like, why did I ever edit a word of him? I should just posted it as right. he said it in. Like, what was I thinking? You know? Well,
2: that was that. There was a point where I used to be Frank Deford's, and I'm using air quotes here, editor. I'm like, who the fuck am I to edit Frank Deford? I would spell check it and post it, but like, I'm not changing one word of this guy's copy.
3: I oh, know. That is uh, absolutely true. Uh, yeah. The uh, the editing I used to do, like I thought I had to do that to justify my job. But now like yeah. the internet, like now the written word is less valuable, let's say. <laughs> and the edited written word isn't even a thing anymore. Right. So. By the yeah. way, have you ever done a magazine piece at SI? They had like 400 editors, copy it. Edit. Yeah. and yeah. Uh, oh, I was yeah. like, "What are you talking about?" Like, it got to the point. <laughs> Dude, I was also thinking something funny when I first started at uh, si.com. I did NFL, but my I also we all had a second sport, so I had to do NASCAR too. So I was a NASCAR. <laughs> editor.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. what I. That's when when we when I at one point I was doing I think golf and something. I'm like I got to get I. I I thank God I came up with that idea for hot clicks. Got me out of doing anything but hot clicks.
3: Yeah. You, by the way, if I was the first hot taker, you would, you've changed things even more severely. Now, little did you know the entire world was going to become hot clicks in about three years, you know? Like, that's all there is now.
2: That's very nice of you to say. I, I wouldn't go that far, but it was that was that was a really fun time. I must say. That so why is nice.
3: it that Skip Bayless got the hot takes, and Rex Chapman yeah. has all those videos now? Right, right. right. <laughs> and you and I are sitting here on a Tuesday afternoon trying to amuse each other.
2: Like, can I go five minutes without Rex Chapman being retweeted into my feed? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And by the way, he's a great. I got it. I got it. The kid. The kid said something nice. The kids. The kid. You know, kissed his dad, and I got it. I
3: got yeah, a dog and a baby are sleeping. Again. Yeah,
2: Again. I'm such a monster. I see him retweeting my. I'm like, oh, okay. What? Well, let me guess. You know, the 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 four year old came over and made. You know, a cupcake for his dad, who was, you know, what is wrong with you? What Building a what, swimming pool for him. What say.
3: is wrong with you? You are. Different. I know. You I are know.
2: cause. I
3: don't care you political, but you can't diss <laughs> Rex Chapman in public.
2: No, 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 no. Again, it's see this is the thing. I'm not dissing Rick, Rex Chapman. I give him immense credit for what he's created, but it's like. Every five minutes, someone retweets it. Like, dude, we all see the Rex Chapman tweets. You don't have to retweet it. We've we've got it. We've all see, like, you know. I know. That's a funny thing.
3: Uh, now it's like something happens. Like, I don't. It, there's like no. You can't surprise anyone with a click because everybody has seen yeah. everything now. Like, well, the
2: one thing he he posted recently, a, a video that I had in hot clicks like twenty times back in the day with the two um, Fox Five New York the the anchors in the studio and the reporters like reporting on some like landlords screwing over people oh, and yeah. they start fighting on the air. It's one of my favorite clips of all time. Oh, I, that was, I was glad he like brought that out to people. Cause that was, that's a phenomenal clip.
3: Oh yeah. I mean, actually they're all pretty great. I mean, I always say, oh, I'm not going to like this one that I end up liking it, but yeah. it's a, you know, it's a certain, like I can't bring a Rex Chapman clip in the Dan Patrick show and talk about it because it's like kind of played out by the time now. Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: well that, I mean, that's, And that's the thing about this the the speed at which things become, everything's old after an hour. It's just crazy. Right.
3: So the pace, like you couldn't do hot clicks the way you did it before. Right. Because of social media.
2: Pretty much. Yeah. Um, All right. Do you want to throw out one more hot take before we wrap this up or are you good?
3: Uh, Let's see. Well, let me think about, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, who do you think I'm most excited? Who's going to be the hall of famer out of this draft class? There's one guy.
2: Because it's gonna be someone like I I don't know. But skill um skill
3: position. It's a skill position.
2: Not a cool. Oh god. I, it's probably a wide receiver. Yep. Oh god. Um hmm. by the way, my favorite part of this draft was um the Chiefs getting the running back from oh, LSU. Okay. Oh my god. Like they need more NFL. I more NFL. Like they need more uh um, which receiver are you gonna say? And you know, like I'm a pretty
3: serious YouTube scout. I'll give a good three and a half minutes to everybody in this draft.
2: Yeah. Um, I can't wait to watch Burrow though. This is, by the way, this tremendous. is not a hot take, but this guy. Oh, Jerry Judy. Jerry, how did Jerry Judy fall to fifteen? Watch. Is that the guy? Yes, he's going to be. Un- oh my god! I guess. I know you like a buck. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> like,
3: yeah, uh, but is, I was like, yeah. you, you kind of considered that I might go CD Lamb there, but I went Judy, and he's unbelievable. Yeah.
2: And um, but that's not that's not like a really. That's not like a vintage Perloff hot take.
3: Well, the thing is, too, you can't do the year ahead mock draft thing anymore because now that everybody knows, like, do you
2: have do you have like a, a Monday Night Football broadcast booth hot take?
3: Oh, you know, I like Levy a lot personally, so I'm totally yeah. down with that. Me too. Um, no, nah, I mean, I like I like Orlovsky a lot, and I like Riddick mm-hmm. a lot. So I'm totally down with that. You know, no, I don't really have a hot take. I've been following it pretty closely. It's interesting. I don't need a, I don't need a great player in there. I'd love, but I'm not a huge. And you and I might differ here. I'm not a huge color analyst guy. Like, I don't because uh, be a Sunday ticket. I don't even know which game Roma's doing every week. So, <laughs> you know, I love when he's I, at the Super Bowl. But my thing
2: with the booth get. is, I just, I just want two people in the booth, not three. That's usually my thing. Do you have like a, a Brady Bucks hot take? What do you think the Bucks record is going to be this year?
3: So they were working out at a high school in Tampa Bay with no. o- now OJ Howard, Cameron Brate, and Mike Evans were working out. Am I wrong or is this like fifty-seven touchdowns for Tom Brady? I look at that that talent. I am, what is I'm going to be the Bucks record? Eleven and, ah, 12 and four. All right, it's, why it's, I thought the over/under would be a little higher on them. I, I think they're going to be great. The defense picked yeah. it up at the end of last year. Mike Evans, Mike Evans made Johnny Manziel a Heisman winner. He's amazing. Still not a vintage
2: Pearl off hot take. Let's see. Do
3: I have a team? Okay. Do I have a team? No, I. It's hard. Yeah, I told you this stupid coronavirus knocked me off of my prime
2: <laughs> hot take
3: season.
2: <laughs> like I don't have to go pre-draft, like system quarterback. Oh, I love yeah. Tua. I mean, I mean, I'm- I need something like you know you defending Scottie Pippen. Like it's got to be a like an NFL take. Okay, uh, anything. I don't care what sport it is. It doesn't even have to be sports related. You have a movie hot take, a TV hot take, Netflix, uh, anything.
3: Oh man, I said one. Okay, this is backed on the. You know what? Storyline is completely overrated. This makes... This act there we go.
2: go. Now Rod- you got me excited. Now Dennis you got Rodman me excited. Was not Let's a go. good
3: defender. Boom. No, you're, you're not excited De- about that. See, every time, every highlight was Carl Malone dunking on Dennis Rodman's head. I don't think he it's was... Karl good.
2: Malone's one of the greatest players in the history
3: of the game. Yeah. Barkley used to kill Rodman too, but everyone had the storyline that he was the most amazing defender. Okay. That's not good though. That has nothing to do. Edit that I mean, out. the guy that pulled
2: down like 24 rebounds a game. Yeah.
3: The dude could rebound, whatever. Uh... I want to go. F- okay. Well, you know, my, the original one was system. Everyone's a system quarterback. And right. I'll just tell you real quick, this is not a Dan. Uh, we had Joe Montana on at Super Bowl, and he's sitting there with Dan in the interview. And Dan goes, hey, uh, do you know McLovin over there? Joe's like, no. And he's like, yeah, he said you were a system quarterback yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Montana is the nicest man <laughs> in the world. His eyes turned yeah. like, red. Yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, are these system rings? And holds up his hands.
2: <laughs> oh, that's a phenomenal response. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah,
3: I was that's like, great. oh, I was like, I worship you. But I Oh, mean, that's awesome, I mean, right. Steve Young did just as well. Whatever. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, Jimmy. I feel like I needed more prep time, and I need to be in my All NFL right. place. But uh,
2: I hope – You can NFL. shoot me shoot me a take on Twitter when you come up with one. I will, buddy. All right. I appreciate you coming on. Andrew Perloff from the Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio, and YouTube. Stay safe and, um, you know. Yeah. I hope, uh,
3: hope I see you soon.
2: Yeah hopefully
3: yeah it would, be, it would be nice that's kind of a depressing right. send-off by the way like hope i see you soon we both so, uh,
2: all right yeah let's let's end it on best best like high school related movie my obviously, american pie is my like favorite comedy of all time so my answer is american pie you give me like your favorite movie about that takes place in sort of high school or college
3: okay uh i am going well 16 candles
2: okay good answer yeah great answer Great answer. I'm great a movie. little, old, the,
3: maybe older than you. Yeah, 16, Yeah, but American. we yeah. watched it the other day.
2: The first. All right. Let me ask yeah. you. Controversial. So, would you go Sixteen Candles over Breakfast Club?
3: Yes, because it's funny. Okay. And by the way, that's it's a, so on PC. They can never do that movie right now. Oh, I know.
2: Yeah. But see, I think Sixteen Candles over Breakfast Club is a bad take. So I like that. So I might throw that one on Twitter and see if people roast you on that one.
3: Wait, you think Breakfast? Oh. Yeah, Breakfast Club is too close to home. The uh, Anthony Michael Hall character was basically told my, <laughs> my high
2: school life story
3: down to the made-up girlfriend in Buffalo and failing woodshop. That's too, that's the like autobiography of Andrew Perloff in high school. Just if you're wondering what I was like in high school, watch Breakfast
2: Club. I'm ending the pod right there. Thank you, Andrew. Perfect. Later, Jimmy. All right, take care. Be well. All right, thanks, bud. Yes. All right, that wraps up this edition of the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. Appreciate you guys listening and andrew was fantastic hope you enjoyed it love to hear feedback if you have any hit me up on twitter and um if you missed any recent episodes last week peter schrager from the nfl network and fox sports was on two weeks ago iron eagle three weeks ago chris long and uh four weeks ago if you're a sopranos fan michael imperioli and steve scharippa so go into the archives and give those a listen and if you can subscribe to the si media podcast helps tremendously and uh that wraps up this edition we'll see you next week take care